Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heart Blend Podcast. If you are new, I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. If you're returning, then welcome back. I'm so excited to have you. Today, we're going to cover how to communicate confidently. Now, I want to go over this because sometimes you can know all there is to know about something, but still not be able to transfer that over into the way that you are communicating. And this is something that I struggled with in certain areas. Some areas I had no problem with communicating confidently, but some areas of my life I did. And I'm going to, of course, we always love to take the deeper approach to things because there's always a deeper reason to why we are communicating a certain way. So for the longest time, I had a misconception that if I communicated in a way that made me seem more relatable or non-confrontational, that I would avoid confrontation or I would avoid being seen as maybe too aggressive or rude. Of course, I had to trail back to the development of this belief that I had And as I reflect on many experiences as a child of having confrontational authoritative figures in my life, as well as going through bullying as a child, my brain and my mind learned to work on avoiding anything that aligns with those types of experiences by not communicating in a way that would ruffle any feathers. So that was my way of staying safe. However, this became a double-edged sword because I saw that it was beginning to limit me in the way that I could be able to progress in different areas of my life because I didn't realize that confidence translates to trust and how you express yourself and how you express your trust to yourself is through confidence. And this is the thing that helps other people build that relationship and being able to trust you without having to get to know you for long periods of time. When you have someone that walks into a room with confidence, you instantly gain some trust in that person because you trust whatever it is that they're talking about is actually true because they speak with such certainty, such confidence. So this would happen a lot through work or situations where I had to communicate with others that were in a place of power or others that expressed a type of dominant personality. So I would communicate with less assertiveness, with more vagueness. And I would say, well, maybe I think, uh, do you think, what do you think? I, I guess when in actuality, I knew all of the answers. I had the experience. I had the background, but I didn't really bring that to the forefront because in my unconscious beliefs, that is the reason why I was acting this way. So it's always important to take a deeper approach to understanding the why, because then you can place it. Then you can understand yourself more. And even by taking that time to really understand the reason why you will begin to trust yourself more because you won't just take that as a surface reason that you just don't have confidence or that you communicate poorly. You have to take a deeper approach to things if you want to find the right answers. 
So how would I communicate in relationships? Well, I would actually do the opposite because this was something that was modeled. So now I'm beginning to communicate in a way that is modeled to me, not in the way that I was actually having the imprint on my life of how I gained those beliefs of how to avoid certain things. Now I was expressing myself and communicating in a way that was modeled to me, but I still missed the confidence. I was still missing the way to be confident in the way that I was communicating by communicating defensively. So it was modeled growing up to see other people communicate in a defensive way where maybe someone would say something that would hurt their feelings or whatever, and that would come across as being very defensive. And that's what I learned. I learned to do that in relationships, one-on-one relationships in my romantic relationships. So that was something that seemed easy to do. I wasn't in this place of not communicating with confidence and being unsure because I didn't feel that. I just saw that was modeled. So as a child, when you're growing up, the things that are inflicted onto you directly is something that you learn to avoid or take on. So if I was dealing with this interaction directly where I'm dealing with confrontation towards me, then I'm going to learn how to avoid it or I'm going to be defiant and try to combat it. So as a child, I was taking more of the compliant approach with trying to avoid confrontation altogether. Now, seeing the way that things were modeled was my view and my perspective of how two people were communicating. It wasn't done directly to me, but I was learning that this must be the way that you are supposed to communicate. Of course, this is all not done from a conscious standpoint. This is all done through subconscious and unconscious beliefs. So that's how we kind of build our communication style if we don't take time to really understand and learn new ways of communicating, which you can always do. Sometimes we feel so limited and we feel like we can't actually change the way that we communicate because we've done it so long, but you can learn how to communicate differently. And that's what we're working to achieve through this episode, at least to open that gateway to helping you to become a better communicator. So to speak confidently means that you speak in a way that cannot be shaken. You are firm in your expression through certainty. That is speaking with true confidence. Whenever you're having a conversation with someone and they challenge your beliefs, they challenge the way that you think, are you going to stand firm in that belief or are you going to fluctuate because you're afraid that you might disappoint them or you might feel that they won't validate you in some way? That is you actually giving your trust to the other person instead of putting the trust back into yourself. We want to keep the trust in ourselves. We want to know that If I feel strongly enough to say something, if I feel strong enough to verbally express myself, then I believe in myself enough to do that. And whatever this other person says will not shake that. I'm open to receiving new information. However, I'm not going to fluctuate my response and my communication out of fear for disappointing the other person or out of fear of being rejected. Even if you're saying 
certain things, but you are expressing them in a very submissive, vague, doubtful way, that is still almost as if you're negating the reason for speaking in the first place. So we want to make sure that we are creating this core within ourselves in the way that we communicate that it is strong, it is certain, firm, and confident. It is grounded in the way that we are sharing ourselves. If we are in an uncharted territory and we are wanting to communicate, well, then that leaves that space to be more open. We're more inquisitive. We are more curious. We're more open to just receiving information. We're going to be more quiet. We're going to speak less and ask more questions. But when we are in a position where we are now the expert, our opinion and our experience and our belief in our knowledge is being utilized, we have to stand firm and confident in that. So I'm really having a great time talking about this topic, but I want us to give us a nice break so we can soak in that information, go grab a glass of water, and we'll be right back after this brief message. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome back. And we are going to cover 10 steps and tips to communicating confidently. So the number one step or number one tip that I want to give you is ask yourself, why? Why you? Why are you the best person in this situation to speak? Why are you the best person for the job? Why are you the best match for this other person that you are dating or you're wanting to get to know? This is based on your own understanding of yourself. And if you have not reached that stage of understanding what that really is, then take that as your cue to really spend some time with yourself and get to know who you really are. Despite what other people have told you, despite your feedback that you've received from other people, all of that, I want you to diminish that, let that go, and focus on what you actually know and believe about yourself. You are with yourself 24-7. You know yourself best. Even when you don't think you do, you do. You just have to sit with yourself long enough to find the right answers. Ask yourself questions. Journal. Just really dive in deep to who you actually are and spend some time in solitude. Meditate, but really just Go back and think a little bit more of what you actually believe about yourself. When you can think back to understanding why you are the best person in the situation, take in consideration your experience, your knowledge, your personality, your talent, even your challenges. Sometimes we utilize our negative experiences to be disqualifiers for ourselves. But I believe that the challenges that we've gone through, the challenges that we've overcome 
are huge qualifiers for us to be the best person for this particular circumstance or situation you're trying to pursue. So if you're wanting to pursue a whole new business venture or a whole new purpose, a lot of the lessons that you've gone through, a lot of the negative experiences that you've learned from are huge benefactors that make your experience very rich. Do not discredit yourself in that area. Even if you have a disability, that makes you optimal. That makes you perfect for this certain situation. That makes you perfect to be able to speak about overcoming challenges with disabilities. Don't allow for them to limit you. Many times when we focus on just achieving something versus actually reflecting on why you, why are you the best person for the situation, we fall into that trap of either entitlement and arrogance, or we go into self-deprecation and low self-belief. So ask yourself why. When it comes to dating, How are you going to know that you are the best person to date someone? How are you going to be the best person to be that best match for them if you don't even know that person? If you haven't gained enough insight and information to know a little bit more about them, how are you going to automatically assume that you are the best person for them? And on the flip side of that, when you do understand yourself and now that you've gotten to know this person, you will feel very confident that I am really an amazing match for this person because I understand them and we complement each other. Now you feel more confident in pursuing that relationship. So it's all about what you believe about yourself and really taking time to understand who you are. Knowing yourself builds trust within yourself. And when you have that, no one can mess with you. No one. And after you come up with your why, I want you to create a statement, create a purpose statement for yourself. My statement is what I say at the beginning of every episode. I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. That is my mission statement to you. That is my mission statement to my purpose and my passion and my podcast. So create a mission statement for you, whether it is within your purpose and helping others, whether it is for your general self. I am a strong individual who gets through challenges, whatever the case may be. I am a creative individual who is inquisitive about the world, whatever it is, just create a statement for yourself. And whenever you run into places of doubt, reflect on that statement, which brings me to my next step. Remove doubt. Remove doubt from your expression, from your communication style. This means words like maybe, I think... What do you think? Anything that is showing doubt in your communication, we've got to remove that. If you're going to bring yourself all of this way to speak and to talk and to communicate something, don't negate it with doubt. 
It is completely putting everything to waste. All of the momentum that you just built up, all of the belief that you had thus far to be able to say, I feel qualified enough to speak about this. I'm going to say something. And then you go and you say something with a doubt completely negates the entire thing. It is as if you never even said anything. So remove doubt out of your expression. If you are truly in a place of doubt, then ask for clarification, but don't use doubt as your communication style. A lot of times we do this out of habit. We don't even realize we're doing it. It becomes so routine in the way that we're speaking that it just becomes the way that we talk. And this happens a lot with women. This happens a lot in others that are afraid of that confrontation, just like I mentioned earlier, where we say, I, I think, um, or maybe, what do you think? Even though you know the answer. So a way to combat this is that even if you are sending an email or a text message, you want to make sure that you are typing out exactly what you mean. Do not put, I think that I should, or I think you can, or I think this might help say exactly what it is. And you can communicate assertively with grace. You do not have to communicate in a harsh or brash way. We don't have to come across in this very strong, this is my answer. It's just very simple. So instead of saying, uh, for example, let's say you're at work and you receive an email and they ask for your opinion on something and they say, hey, what do you think of this? And you respond with, I think that might be a good idea. I think that this is the answer to your question, I guess. Maybe if we try. I mean, no. (laughs) Just say exactly what it is. Based on my experience, based on my knowledge, this would be the best situation or the best steps to take for this result. Let me know if you have any other questions. Boom. You've just owned it. You've just owned it. Now, how do we express ourselves in a very aggressive way? Because you might be thinking, well, but how do I not sound aggressive? Whenever we put words that are demanding onto another person that's away from what we're expressing, such as you need to fill in the blank. You need to do X, Y, and Z. You should do X, Y, and Z. You have to X, Y, and Z. That comes across as very abrasive at times. That comes across as like, ooh, what? Okay. Oh, like you're trying to have dominance over that person. So that is a way that comes across as aggressive. But just you having that certainty in your answer to say, based on my experience, this is the best result or this is the best way to take care of this certain problem that we're having. I'd be happy to look into more. Do you have any other feedback that you want to give on this? Keep that line of open communication by not cutting it with saying, you need to do this. You should be doing this. You have to do this. That makes it where there's not a lot of room for open communication. So that's what makes communication very harsh and abrasive is when you remove 
any form of having feedback being returned back to you. Remember that anytime you're trying to dominate something, then it will be received as dominant. But if someone is just asking for your opinion, or if you are in a position to share information of what you've learned, back it up by facts and share yourself from a positive light. Okay, awesome. So the next step or tip I have to share is to remove false identifiers. This one might offend you just a little bit depending on where you are in your self-love journey. So we tell ourselves stories on a regular basis about ourselves, even down to our feelings. And we attach I am to whatever it is that we're speaking about. Say, for instance, I am sick. I am depressed. I am angry. I am upset. These are feelings and these fluctuate. And the moment you put that after I am, we instantly negate ourselves because the feelings are temporary. They're going to change. But I am is a very strong statement. It is a permanent statement. It's saying that that is who you are. That is what you are. You are depression. You are anger. You are sadness. You are hunger. So we have to work on saying, I am feeling depressed. I am feeling frustration. I am feeling anger, not I am. Even down to our experiences or traumatic events that have happened to us, a lot of us do this where we say, I am a victim of X, Y, and Z. I'm a victim of abuse. I'm a victim of bullying. And we attach these experiences to our identity when in actuality, it's not who we are either. It's just an experience that we have gone through. In fact, that experience happened in the past. It is not actually happening in the present moment. But when we continuously say and put ourselves in that present moment with that past experience, we are now keeping ourselves there. And it can be very difficult to now put yourself in the present moment that may not be matching your actual experience. So let's say you progress and we move from victim. Now we're saying we're a survivor. We're a survivor of this. I survived that experience. But I want to push you a bit further to not even focus on the survivor aspect, but the characteristics of your nature that got you through that experience, such as your strength your compassion, your understanding, your perseverance, all of these things are you. All of these things are part of your character. And that is what got you through that experience. The experience itself should not make you. You are the one that overcame a painful experience. Do not give experience power over you. Own it. And as you can see that those characteristics that got you through that experience translates to the rest of your life areas. 
They are consistent. They are constant. And they are a part of your actual identity. So do you see how you can shift that energy in yourself just from saying, I am a victim of blank, going to I'm a strong, compassionate person who will always persevere through heavy challenges. Whew, that's powerful. That's powerful. You are not lying. You're not making anything up. This is what it is. You're just shifting your perspective in that. You're moving to a place that empowers you, not disempowers you. When you believe that, when you understand that, because that is who you are, your confidence will instantly boost because now you can trust that those same characteristics that got you through that experience will not get you through future experiences that may arise. You feel me? Awesome. All right. So the next step and next tip that I have is that silence is golden. If you have not formed your thoughts, if someone's talking to you, you're having this conversation and someone asks you a question, say, oh, well, hey, what do you think about that? You might feel this pressure to respond or reply right away. And you might say, um, well, I think, um, uh, well, uh, the answer is, and that whole time you could have just had a pause or you can just simply say, let me get back to you on that. Let me think about that a little bit longer and I'll get back to you on that. There is no pressure for you to respond instantly because maybe you received a question that you weren't prepared for. So when you just have that silence, you begin to slow down enough to gather your thoughts And then when you are able to give this response, it is a strong response. It's a powerful response. And it's like, whew, that person is confident because you took the time to go through your mind and actually speak after you formed your thoughts. So by the time that you respond, you're trusting what you're saying a little bit more than just impulsively responding. So removing those ums and uh and like, uh, well, so mm, a lot of those filler words will diminish the next following words. We don't realize it, but when we say, um, yeah, so the person listening is hearing, um, yeah, so, and they're not hearing the next few words after. And the more often you do that, the more they begin to dominate the conversation and the words that you're saying, which then makes it difficult for someone to follow along with your conversation and to build that trust in you because they didn't actually receive what you said because they were so busy hearing, um, like, so, uh. (laughs) So just have silence, pause, ask for a little bit more time to respond. No one's going to say, no, you have to respond right now. And if they do say, hey, I really don't know the answer right now. If you give me a little time, I'll definitely be able to respond to you right away on that or give a response of an answer that you do know. But if you feel like you have to be on 100%, always give a reply. I mean, that's just unrealistic. No one is really set up that way. We are not built with every answer to every question every single time. So 
That is just human nature. Don't worry. We, we are all not walking dictionaries and Googles as we like to think we are. A lot of us don't know a lot of things. You're not really intelligent until you realize how much you really aren't intelligent. That's how you know you're intelligent is when you realize you're not intelligent. It's crazy to think that, right? So the next step and next tip that I have is to write more often. So practice writing in your journal or if you have a presentation, then write it out first because when you write, it is only exactly what you're thinking. There are no filler words. There is no um, so, like, uh, when you're writing. You just take a mental break and you get back to writing. If we were to write books where there was a lot of ums, that's outside of dialogue. I mean, could you imagine going in the dictionary and you read the definition of the ocean is like um a body of um water <laughs> you'd be like what is this <laughs> so the more you write the more you practice communicating because that is your internal dialogue so as you write more often you read what you're saying out loud more often it will help you to break out of that pattern of saying um a lot. It will make your words more fluid and practice truly makes perfect. The next step that I want to cover is body language. So our communication is shown through body language more than anything. Now I know with technology, with texting and social media that we lack this body language, especially now during this whole pandemic where everybody's having to stay home. And if you're in isolation, you may not be practicing with that body language as frequently. But I want you to practice through whatever medium you have, whether it's through video conferencing or FaceTime or even just speaking to the camera, practice that eye contact, practice smiling. Even when you're out, I know we have these whole masks and everything. I think it's probably going to have some type of impact on our communication, but practice eye contact. You want to make sure you're looking the person in the eyes directly. You're making full eye contact. Smile. Smiling and showing eye contact shows trust. It shows that you have nothing to hide. And sitting up, holding your head up, focus on being present. If you are thinking of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I did that yesterday. Oh no, oh no. Or, oh my gosh, what am I going to do tomorrow? You're putting yourself either in the future or the past. So you want to put yourself in the present moment. When you're present, then you are focused on the moment right now. You're looking at the person eye to eye. You're holding your head up. You're sitting up. And that lets the person know that they are right here with me. They are listening to me. They are talking to me. They are enjoying this moment with me. That builds trust. That shows confidence. So if you're self-conscious about your appearance, you can focus on improving it if you keep thinking about it. So if you can't get past, maybe you feel self-conscious about your smile, then focus on improving your smile. But in the meantime, still practice positive body language. You'd be surprised that even though you might be self-conscious about your smile, maybe you have a gap, maybe you have a tooth that's crooked, maybe you're missing some teeth. I've met so many people that may have not had the best smile, 
but they still showed confidence. They still showed, they still showed kindness. And through my interaction with them, I completely even forgot about what was going on. I was just enjoying the conversation. But if you are focused on it, if you can't get past that hurdle, then it's going to hinder your confidence and your communication. So improve it. You can get braces. I had braces uh, just recently. And whenever you become self-conscious about something, you keep thinking about it and you think the other people are looking at it. You think they're focusing on it, which they might or they may not. And so for a while, I never really paid attention to my teeth, but over time, I was like, mm, I don't know. I think people are just noticing it more. Maybe I would get more feedback on it. So I got braces and now I know I have confidence that when they're looking at my teeth, when I'm smiling, that there's nothing wrong. So I get past that hurdle and I can smile with confidence. I still smiled with confidence anyway, but I just smiled even more frequently now that I've worked on my smile, whiten your teeth, have good dental hygiene, all of that. It's really important and it does build confidence because you trust that nobody is judging your smile in a negative way. If you suffer with acne or anything like that, then focus on your skincare. I mean, it's all about of the process. This is why self-care is also important because that helps your confidence. You don't want to walk around being self-conscious about your appearance because that's going to come out and be expressed in your communication. Your appearance is not problematic. Even if you were to walk around and you had acne, you had crooked teeth, you had some type of disfiguration, you had something that may not be quote-unquote attractive to most people, that's not actually problematic. Your confidence can still peek through that. It is your view and your belief of your actual appearance that makes all the difference. So my next step that I have is to try to learn something new. It is our own limited beliefs that can really hinder our confidence, really hinder our trust in ourselves. And if you have something that you've struggled with growing up and you believe that you can't do a certain thing, then I want you to try something totally new that is not related to something you're used to failing at. Just practice, try something new, even if it's just getting up a little early. And just by going through that experience, you're teaching your brain that you are capable You're teaching your brain that you can achieve certain things and that's going to build your confidence. So it's really important to practice and learn new things. The next step that I have is to learn to trust yourself by releasing guilt and shame. The craziest thing is that many of us carry guilt over things from our very young ages before our brain was actually fully developed, which is not until age 26. So from zero to seven, we are completely being imprinted on from our surroundings, which we have no control over. And then from age eight to 13, we model the things that are around us and we see what fits our identity. So it's like we're trying on all of these different tactics or techniques that we're seeing that other people do because we don't have a manual when we come in this world. And we're trying it on. So that's why you see during that age group that they seem like they know everything, right? They seem very confident all the time (laughs) because they're trying on new techniques that they're seeing other people do. 
and then from 14 to 21 and even after that we go through our socialization so that's the time where we're trying to do all we can to fit in and throughout that process we might make some bad choices we might make some decisions that we don't feel proud of we don't feel good about we might hold shame or guilt over those actions and then we harbor all of these terrible burdens based on those actions we took when we didn't have the tools to handle them emotionally. So if we don't heal from those wounds and those beliefs, we will begin to carry that into our adulthood only to constantly be in the same loop of not trusting ourselves, therefore keeping that low confidence. So if we know better, we do better. Even if it's, you know, on a surface level, it's like, well, you should know better. But if you don't know how to really handle something in a better way because you haven't been taught a better way, you're not going to know the best way to really handle it. That is the best way to handle it is the way that you're doing it until you learn a better way of handling it. And the next step that I have is to always continue to practice anything that you are passionate about and practice communicating to others more often. So it's true. Practice really does make perfect. The more you do it, the more you're going to get over those little hurdles, the more your brain is going to be more comfortable in it, and the more confident you're going to become because you've done it so often that you know that you can do it. You trust that you've done this. You've done this before, so you can do it again and you'll do it in the future. And the last tip or step that I have is to picture yourself from an audience view. So when you're communicating with people, when you're presenting, when you're on stage, when you're in an interview, when you're on a date, I want you to picture yourself from the other person's point of view. What would that person want to see? This is something that would help me through public speaking where I would get ready to speak in front of a large amount of people and I would get kind of nervous. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I would think to myself, when I see people that are all nervous like that, I'm like, what? (laughs) It's not attractive. Like, I don't like seeing that. I feel for them. I feel bad. But I'm like, man, I really wanted to hear what you had to say, but you're so nervous. I can't focus on that. I'm focusing on all the nervous energy that you have. And when I think of that, I instantly shift. I shift and I try to picture myself, what would someone else want to see? If I brought myself to this point to be this presenter, what experience do I want to give to that person? How do I want them to feel? And then I channel that energy and I bring that to the forefront and then I'm able to present in a better way. So these are all of my steps and tips. I know this was a long episode, but I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope this truly helps you. If any of this resonated with you, definitely follow me on Instagram at I am Lindsay Christian and definitely follow and subscribe so that you can be updated on brand new episodes every single week. I'm so excited. I have more to come. We're going to cover how to be more confident as a minority, how to become more confident when you're dating and how to be more confident on social media and in the workplace. And of course, I will always conclude with a guided meditation at the end to helping your subconscious mind sink in that confidence. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and have a wonderful rest of your day.